It's episode 12 of the Toadstool Boardroom for the week of August 24th, 2022. My name's Logan Plant, and joining me this week, the usual suspects, Odell Harmon Jr. Happy belated hey, hey, birthday. Everybody. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I thank you. Thank and you. And Chris Shriver. Happy, happy five month belated birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, I am still 29. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is almost my half birthday, if that means anything to you, which it does not to me. But what does mean a lot to me. When's your birthday? It's this week. My birthday's in February. February 26th? That's that's accurate. I'm March 26th. Oh! <laughs> wow. How about that? Okay, let's get into it. This is the Toadstool Boardroom, a weekly Nintendo podcast publishing Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. If you haven't checked it out yet, I encourage you to go check out last week's episode on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you tune in. We went on for two hours about the 3D entries in the Legend of Zelda series. It's a long one, but it's a good conversation. I know we all enjoyed it a lot. That was a two-hour episode? Wow. It was, yeah. We recorded in two chunks, so it didn't really feel like it, but it went on for some time. I put it together and went, oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Whoops. Usually I have my timer going over here, but... For that one, I did not, but uh, we really enjoyed it, talking about Zelda. And yeah, if you're craving Breath of the Wild 2, if you want some Zelda in your life, uh, go check that out for for two hours to fill the void. But uh, this week, we're going to talk about Kirby's Dream Buffet, which we have all gotten around to playing a little bit of, so we're going to get into impressions for that. Uh, Nintendo has a Treehouse Live coming up, but first, big news from Masahiro Sakurai, creator of Smash Brothers. He's launched a new YouTube channel about creating games. This is called Masahiro Sakurai on Creating Games. Uh, I watched, there's only one video up right now. It's a seven-minute introduction to the channel where he says his goal for the channel is to help make games around the world a little more fun. They're talking about game development, what makes games fun, but he said they're going to keep things simple so that he's not going to dive into the nitty-gritty of development and more, I think, talk of things from like a conceptual level. There's going to be videos between two and five minutes. Nintendo is not involved with it, but they did give him permission to use all the music and all the footage. And he's going to show some like design documents as well from some Nintendo projects that he has worked on. And I also thought it was interesting. This came a day after Hideo Kojima announces a new Spotify podcast at Gamescom. So a couple of, I'd say the most beloved creators are getting in and maybe sharing some of their secrets, not everything. Sakurai even said, I'm not going to share everything. We still have to keep our trade secrets, but I think this is going to be a really cool look at, who's always been one of my favorite game creators. But Chris, what do you think? Um, I think it's awesome. I think it's it's pretty rare that Nintendo kind of pulls back the kimono, as it were. Um, they, they've done it in a few documentaries. Um, there's one, that one on Netflix that uh, is narrated by Charles Martinet that I think is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Sakurai is one of those people that um, he has a lot, he has a lot to, to share. Um you know, that I think a lot of uh, different, especially the fighting game community would benefit from. Um, Smash is like one of the most balanced games ever made um, it, it, to the point where, you know, I, I constantly ask myself, like, what what do they do next generation? Like other than just maybe release re-release that game um, because Meaning they, Smash Ultimate Smash Ultimate. Yeah, pretty much every other Smash game has severe balance issues, but they really nailed it. Yeah. With this last entry. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's awesome uh, to finally like have a platform for creators, and I think there's enough. There are enough creators now, like that. The space kind of begs for that. Um, outside of just what you will learn in a college level course, or what you would get like in experience, just on you know the ground floor somewhere. Um, no, I think it's awesome. 
Yeah, how about you, Odell? Yeah, I I think it's cool because I'm I'm the type of person when someone famous or renowned goes, hey, I'm making a thing so, you know, you can get some insight. I always take it with a grain of salt because usually it's something delivered very surface level that you already know, like, believe in yourself, believe in your product. Yay, success. But, like, Sakurai, he cares about Smash and what his craft so much. The fact that, you know, he plays every character, he plays, uh, you know, the, the patches, he plays it to understand everything. I'm like, and, you know, every direct that he's ever hosted about Smash and stuff, you know, it's so apparent that he loves it and so much care is put in that I feel, I, I believe that whatever this is, whether it's two minutes, five minutes, 50 minutes, will be extremely beneficial, which I think is rare for creators to do. You know, like we said, Hideo Kojima's podcast, if I'm being real here, I feel like that's just going to be like, you know, an hour of I am great. I am beloved. <laughs> I am Metal Gear. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, there, there, there's, you know, people who want to hear that. I might want to hear that. But this feels like, you know, honestly, I want to design games at some point, not on the coding level, but like from a storyboarding level, from like a conceptual level. And I feel like I could watch this and probably get some insights that will literally help me do that in the future or maybe even break into that. So I'm excited. Like, again, because. I feel it will be done with care and the right amount of care where you can legit get something from it. It just won't be like a fun five minutes of watching Sakurai go like, this is what I used to do. And this is how I did it. And I became great. Yeah. I'm very excited about this for a handful of reasons. One, I just, I love Sakurai's personality. I think that he's just, he's very funny. I I always thought that in his, his Sakurai presents presentations for the new smash DLC fighters. He just has this like very dry sense of humor about him and, sometimes self-deprecating like in in this introduction video at the very end of it he asks for you to like like and subscribe this video and then he's like oh that was a very youtube thing of me i won't be doing that again and i just i just love little <laughs> clips like that that he throws in there it's so funny and it's it's just such his brand and i thought that maybe he was going to disappear for a while longer after smash wrapped up and then i don't know if you guys noticed this part he's been still posting the daily screenshot for smash ultimate and he posted a smash ball on the last day and he's like, that's it. But I'm announcing a new thing tomorrow. And now that new thing is this. And yeah, it, it clearly is just, he's not getting paid for this. He even said he's personally paying his video editor uh, and, and the animator. Cause there's some cool little animations in the intro video. So he said, so I guess I'll be losing money the longer I do this, but I want to do it anyway. So it's like, it's just something that he wants to do. And I think that that's very cool. And from a game development perspective, I've always thought Sakurai just has a very unique mindset about a lot of things. You look at any of his games beyond Smash Brothers, Kirby Air Ride, Kid Icarus, the the same DNA is clearly there. The same design philosophies and perspectives are all kind of behind these things. Uh, And so I've just always really liked the way his brain has worked from what we've seen. So to get just these little snippets, more insight, I am not a game developer, probably won't ever be, but I'm going to watch these just to learn more about him and his insight because I've always just been fascinated about him as a person and as a creator. So I think this is super cool. Nintendo specifically, like Chris said, is they're, they're so private and Sakurai is not really at Nintendo, right? He's this, he's this freelancer. He works at Sora, his own company that yes, makes smash makes some of these other things, but he, he just has the right to go and do this. And I'm really excited to see what it's about. Does this mean he's retired from developing? I'm not really sure. Or if this is something he's doing in between games or if he is working on something in the background, we don't really know what he's doing next after smash ultimate. Uh, but I think this is, this is something really cool that a lot of people are going to get a lot of value out of. I like the idea of him entering like almost like a position that John Carmack has entered, um, 
which if you're not familiar, John Carmack, one of the original creators of Doom, one of the founders of id, um, he is now at Meta um, working on all their their VR platform. Like he is like, you know, running all the, the VR stuff, which I know, uh, you know, is very easy to dunk on because uh, Mark Zuckerberg comes out here. Yeah, I'm in Paris. Um, but <laughs> like John Carmack just did a five hour interview on Lex Fridman's podcast where he he goes like in depth uh, on like the development process of like in a bunch of different ways um, how JavaScript is like this universal language and everything like that. Um, I like the idea of uh, Sakurai's thing being like that but light and then if you're like you know what maybe I should start to dive into this. Um, it's like the we fit what we fit was for people that got in shape that's what I want Sakurai's content to be. The gateway. Yeah, the yeah. gateway drug to development. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I just found that funny. He's like, I want this to be what we fit was for people who got in shape. Hey, man, I lost, <laughs> I lost 45 pounds to we fit when, uh, oh, when okay. it first came wow. out. Yeah, I was down to one, what was it, 170 or something in high school. Um, you know, now I look like the way I did before I got we fit, but... <laughs> Man, you never, you never dive back in with Switch Sports or that? Not Switch Ring Sports. Fit? Ring yeah, never Ring Fit Adventure. Fit. That game, that game was too tough. <laughs> that game, yeah, that game really? is very yeah. tiring. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, I think that Chris brought up a good point earlier with what is the future of Smash Brothers, and I think maybe before Sakurai enters kind of that that more industry figurehead point, I still think he's got work to do. I don't know if he's going to be done. Yeah. Smash Ultimate may have been like his the the exclamation point on his career as a director, but I do think that there's time for him to step into the producer role for whatever is next for Smash Brothers. We see that with other franchises. Aonuma is no longer the director of The Legend of Zelda after holding that role for like over a decade, and now he is the producer and the overseer of the series. I think there needs to be at least one kind of bridge entry where Sakurai still has kind of his hands in the mix in what Smash Brothers looks like before letting go and moving on to something else because we need him still there for when the switch becomes the good system with the great net code like he needs to be there when we have a good net code i refuse for him not to be there when the switch is like we fixed online finally and sakurai's not gonna make the next smash i will cry but i also (laughs) almost wonder if sakurai maybe it's not in his high priority list to make ultimate and or smash an online platform and if maybe it's there because it has to be. But I feel like in his mind, right, he never thought of it as a competitive game. He maybe never thought of it as an online game and thinks of it as like a couch co-op party type game. And maybe with a new director in the chair, online could be something more of a focus. And that's maybe one of the, the short list, I think, of benefits that could come if Sakurai eventually does move away. I mean, that's kind of the, the Pokemon argument, right? Where it was like, nope, you're supposed to be able to buy two. We have, we split up these Pokemon into two different titles because you're supposed to be able to find another trainer out there and trade them, mm-hmm. battle, etc. You know, now they're going all in on uh, the online design. Four players online yeah. with all your friends and all that. We'll still see. Jury's still out on how well that's going to go. <laughs> but we'll still see with, with Scarlet and Violet, which got a new Pokemon. Real quick, 30-second take on... What, what is it? Cyclozard is the new Pokemon, Odell? I thought it was Cyclozar. Okay. Maybe I just thought it was Charizard and added a D on there. Yeah. But he looks like, what, a pre-evolution of the legendaries or in some way intertwined with them? Yeah. I'm, this, this is my first thought. Just like with food Pokemon, Daryl got 
Do not make this a continual thing. Food Pokemon's here to stay. Oh, well, lost that gamble. Like, I am going to be taken aback, seriously, if they're going to like, you know what? We're just going to have Pokemon that you can ride and look like, nope, not a fan, not a fan. His design, though, actually not bad. Conceptually, I'm not a fan because I don't want this trend to continue. Okay. But hopefully he is related to the legendary, so it's like, okay, that's that's just, they're just doing that with that, and that's going to stay from, like, the other designs but the memes were hilarious i lived for the memes the memes did not stop my favorite one was misty carrying her bike which is now cyclozar being like you owe me a new cyclozar ash catch him i died <laughs> that's my favorite right. second tape chris anything to add on this motorcycle pokemon real quick i just i imagine that this is going to be the the one of maybe a few that you get early game um, you know, and then the legendaries, obviously you get whatever track they're along in, in the three different plots that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a little weird that like, I can't just hop on a Rapidash and do my thing or like an Arcanine. Right? Like, why, like, why that's do you been the dream this? for so long. Like, why just let me have it? You know, they don't want to animate it for every possible Pokemon that sure. could be rideable. <laughs> no, you you can take exactly the Legends right. Arceus route where it's like, you know, you have ride Pokemon. There's specific Pokemon that are trained for this task. That's what this is, right? I think that's exactly what this is. Then, then why, 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 even, why even go so deep into it and make it like a literal bike? Like, that's the part where I'm just like, you, we didn't. I like apparently, it. people are upset with bike with legs. Like, that, that, that apparently is like a no-no. Like, people are like picketing. Yeah, well, what Karaidon, the, the Scarlet one, looks pretty bizarre because he still runs around with it, even though he has a wheel. So <laughs> he looks kind of funky, but uh, I, I'm kind of on board. It's, it's weird and, and wacky, and I like it. Anyways, that's Pokemon. Uh, up next, we are not going to talk about this for very long because we're recording less than a day in advance of when it's going to happen. By the time this episode's up, it will have passed, but there is going to be a Treehouse live stream. This is typically what Nintendo has after their big E3 press conference, but... It's just happening randomly. Uh, this is is this week. Oh, sorry. It's Friday, so we're not missing it. It's it's Friday, 9.30 a.m. Uh, we're just missing it by the time we're recording this. But go check it out. You're going to see the first gameplay of Splatoon's single-player mode and gameplay of Harvestella, which is that new like Rune Factory Harvest Moonish thing uh, from Square Enix that's coming out later this fall. So uh, that's happening. We'll talk about anything that comes out of that next week. But something I noticed floating around this week is that Splatoon 3's ESRB rating says that the game is going to have in-game purchases. The other two did not have this. They had no in-game purchases. Splatoon 2 did eventually get the Octo expansion uh, later in development. But at launch, Splatoon 3 is going to have in-game purchases. We don't know what this is. Chris, what do you think it means? I did not I did not know that that was a thing. Um, I imagine you're going to be able to buy uh, whatever the currency is at like whatever vendor that you want to get an item for let's say you don't have enough of that item it's like hey for five bucks you can get you know you think so two tickets or whatever i don't think they would they wouldn't well i shouldn't say they wouldn't they shouldn't gate specific content like articles of clothing weapons etc behind that but if it's like you're doing it with currency that you could earn in game um i could see that i part of it feels dirty though because I'm spending $60 on this game. It's not like it's a free-to-play game. I know. We've never seen them do what you just described before. I don't like that at all. We had the like Apple gem things from one of those Kirby free-to-play titles right. on Switch. But that's really it. That's all we've seen. And 
Odell, anything you think that this microtransactions are going to be? Um, I think Chris is on the mark. Uh, there's a lot of microtransactions in Pokemon Unite. And by me, it's a free-to-play game, so, you know, people are okay mm-hmm. with it there. And I think as long as it's just limited to gear, because I've always felt that I... In my ideal world, this is a gear short gap. They're fixing a problem. Like the whole, we talked about this before, like, oh, there's cool gear, but I can't assign my stuff to it. And so you end up with just clothes you don't like just to have the loadout you want. And I'm thinking maybe this is just a way like, hey, look, bro, you really like that shirt. You really like those shoes. Just buy it there. Slap what you want on it and call it a day. Anything beyond cosmetics, I feel like would be a bad move. But I'm pretty sure... It's going to be strictly cosmetics, which at that point, you know, there's no play to win feature with cosmetics. It's just like, hey, if you're an adult and, you know, you're not a child with your daddy's credit card on their switch. If you want to buy these clothes, go buy them. You know, if you want to buy stuff for your locker to make it look how you want, you know, go buy it. Because honestly, if I really like something or a hairstyle or something, I probably spend two to three bucks just to have it instead of, you know, plan for like 15 hours to maybe get a part of it. That's like what Monster Hunter Rise has on Switch. It's like hairstyles. You can make your dog look like a golden retriever. Like it's very minor things like that. <laughs> I think it's going to be even less uh, than what, what Chris was saying. I don't think it's going to be gear. I think that gear is still, it's not fully cosmetic in Platoon, right? It has the perks. Uh, so I don't know. It would be such an un-Nintendo thing for me for them to be like, you can pay extra money to get coins to buy the gear. But I think it's just going to be, doesn't the new okay. doesn't the new cosmetic system it, like you can change whatever the perks are attached to that gear? You can. Yeah. Yes, you can change the gear uh, perks, but it still does come with it. So I guess you can make the argument that's still gameplay focused. What is not gameplay focused is Odell mentioned the locker. There's the new name tags uh, that you can have like a title and a background that your name's on, and there's the gestures. I think it's going to be that and nothing more. That's that's what I'm going to plant my flag on. I think that that's all the kind of new stuff. So the first two games didn't have these microtransactions, the in-game purchases. The main new thing they're adding in terms of little things you'd be able to buy are like the the titles or the gestures, the win animations. So I think it's going to be that. Uh, and I, I don't know. I think they're going to be really hesitant leaning into this since it's really the first time they are, especially in a full $60 retail title. I was just surprised to see that, that there's going to be actual microtransactions because Splatoon 1 and 2 had nothing of the sort like that the entire way. Maybe you could customize like the outworld. Hell, I'll spend money on that. No lie. Like the like the lobby. Yeah, the the lobby, the city, state, whatever whatever it's called. You know, when you walk in, you know, you can walk around, go in the sewer, do all that stuff. I would customize that if they gave me the option. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. We're two weeks out. We're two weeks out from this game. That's uh, the so other thing that's that's weird for me. Is I mean, I guess it makes sense if you're like on the fence about buying it. Um, but it's like we have the we have Treehouse Live. We have the demo this weekend. It's like it feels a little late for me. I don't know. Yeah, that's what we were you saying know, the whole time leading up. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I think I think we're not looking at this the right way. We got to remember it's Nintendo. I have a feeling like it says this, but watch it be something just super minor, like something that like a redirect. If you didn't to, say that, <laughs> you know, like something yeah, like that. It, yeah, like if you didn't mention it, no one would even notice. Like, won't they're talk- won't they're just referring to the DLC that's not free or something? I know. I was just like, gonna yeah, say that. that. Yeah, just to redirect to the eShop. The like, Octo expansion was not announced when Splatoon 2 launched. It was announced like half a year later. So when the ESRB would have rated this, that wouldn't have been it. So if it is just like main menu, go pre-order the $20 DLC, 
that's an in-game purchase. Yeah. So it could just be that. It could be that. Or it could be card packs for the single-player card game. Oh, my God. Oh! <laughs> I don't think it's going to be that. Just idea I'll throw out there, too. But we're very close to Splatoon 3. We'll be talking about it. It'll be in our hands in a couple of weeks. Looking forward to that. But let's talk about another game that just got a release date, Sonic Frontiers. This was at Gamescom opening night live. It is coming to Switch on November 8th. It is earlier on my other show. I've been saying December for months. I've been predicting December. It's coming earlier on November 8th. There was a new trailer shown confirming new open new open zones beyond the initial grassy zone that we've been seeing. There's also more returning stages. Green Hill Zone again. I can't handle it anymore, guys. Uh, and Sky, Sky Sanctuary is here also. Uh, Odell, I know you're a big 3D Sonic guy with me. Yeah. There's no chance you're trying this on Switch, right? No, not not at all. Like, yeah. the new trailer sold me. I was on the fence. I've drank the soup. I'm ready to get disappointed all over again yeah. by my love interest, Sonic, that's going to be like, I'll never hurt you again. And I'll be like, I believe you, Sonic. You'll never do anything to hurt me again. I'm all in. No way in hell this game runs any remotely close good on Switch. I love you, Switch, but it's just it's just not happening. I, I yeah. don't see it. Like, but yeah, we got the you know the desert zone, the grass zone. We got you know uh, tidbits of the story. I I, I think it's interesting. Uh, you know, since speaking specifically about the Switch, I think the 2D elements or the 2D style open zones will be fine. But I think when we get in the open world. Like, for, first and foremost, Sonic games have never been known to run the best, you know, fingers crossed for Frontiers. But I'm like, let's just say, assuming on Xbox and PlayStation, it doesn't already run the best. Oh, man, then I can I can only imagine what's going to happen. I'm imagining 30, 30 FPS target probably won't always meet that. 17. Is, is what I'm going to guess. I played Sonic Forces on Switch, and that was an extremely linear, extremely bad game, and it ran. It was acceptable. Yeah, it ran fine on Switch. Yeah, yeah. You care about Frontiers at all, Chris? I want to. Um, The problem is like I haven't enjoyed a like I haven't like thoroughly enjoyed a Sonic game since Sonic Generations on the 360. Best Sonic all time. That's what that's what IGN.com says. Um, They're right, and I agree (laughs) with them. Um, I tried. I actually picked up because I remember enjoying it when it came out. Sonic Colors. Um, I picked that up on the PS4. Uh, that also was a poor uh, Switch port from that what I understand. Mess, yeah. Um, yeah, that didn't grab me. I think I think I'm just like past that point in my life where you know I'm I enjoy Sonic games. Um, I I don't imagine I'll buy this at launch. I imagine if if it is good, it it may end up on a Christmas list, like early get Amazon wish list may end up mm-hmm. as a black Friday purchase in 2023. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's highly unlikely that I buy this game this November. I will buy it on day one. I already have it ordered. It's ready to go. Yeah. Wow. Reviews, I'm playing this. Yeah. Dude, I play every song. Like yeah. I Do you like them though? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're bad, oh, yeah. but I love them. Oh yeah. You know, They're I think it's like largely terrible, but I love them. I don't like Sonic colors very much. Yeah, yes, I, that game's you. way too puzzle platformy for how Sonic feels. I think it's that's why I don't enough. like it now. Is is I don't know why I enjoyed it at the time. Maybe because it was just everything else at the time was so. It bad. was the best in a long time. Yeah, at the time. I think that's it really what it was. But um, yeah, there's a lot of like stop and go in that game. And when you're Sonic, you just want to go fast, man. You just want to go fast. I'm looking you know, the reason Sonic I Colors. hate Sonic Colors is that people, since it was the first functional Sonic game and a 3D Sonic game in a while, people were like, it's so good. I'm like, it's not a good game. 
It just doesn't suck as bad as the last entries. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they got a remaster draws me crazy. It's I'm like, why? What's crazy is that we went from this period where Sonic was an annual release for like a decade. Mm-hmm. Like the entirety of the 2000s. You go Adventure, Adventure 2, Heroes, Shadow, uh, 06, Secret Rings, which is actually secretly worse than Sonic 06. That's the, that's the Secret Ring secret, oh, is that yep. it is the worst Sonic game. Yep. Uh, Sonic Unleashed, Black Knight, Colors, Generations, then two years till Lost World, then four years till Forces, which took two hours to beat. And now here we are, <laughs> five years later, there hasn't been a new mainline 3D Sonic game since Forces. And it is releasing five years and one day after Sonic Forces came out on November 7th, 2017. I remember the day. I got it. I picked it up. I had a, a college radio show. Picked it up afterwards at midnight at GameStop. Went home. I knew there were 30 stages in the game. After about an hour and a half, I'd cleared 15 of them. And I was like, am I seriously going to beat this before I go to bed? <laughs> and I made myself go to bed so I wouldn't beat it. I beat it the next morning and have been disappointed for five years since. <laughs> We've had a rough go of it. Like anybody that's yeah. enjoyed sonic games i mean like when i was growing up it was sonic adventure and two were like i like i i grew up with a dreamcast i was very young um and those games were great for a five-year-old <laughs> <laughs> i say some of those levels i love so them. hard i remember getting into an argument with my mother i've only i only did soccer for one year and i got in an argument with my mother because mm-hmm. i didn't want to go to practice because all i wanted to do was play sonic adventure <laughs> Good man. Did you go to practice? Man. Yeah. I mean, I was like five or six. Like, I wasn't going to win. Yeah. yeah. That was the only <laughs> year I played soccer, though. Yeah. And then you just got to play Sonic. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> well, we'll talk more about Sonic. Sonic. Oh, oh we're, we're stopping. Yeah. Mind. Yeah. We got we got a shortened show today. So we got to talk about Kirby. Uh, but we will talk more about Sonic in November when Sonic Frontiers comes out. I may bite the bullet and play it on Switch. In addition to playing it on PlayStation, I have been known to purchase Sonic games multiple times. I own Team Sonic Racing, Mania, and Forces on multiple platforms because I'm just an insane person. So I will likely end up with it. To be fair, though, three of those were review codes because I reviewed all three of those games. Those games have also like been outlet. dirt cheap at some point. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So at some point, I will... My curiosity will get the best of me, and I'm going to play Sonic Frontiers on Switch. So I have to know. <laughs> Let's talk about a game that's out now, though, and that's Kirby's Dream Buffet. Came out uh, just over a week ago, and it is it is cheap, like I said it'd be. It's not a full price title. It's not free to play. It's a budget title. It is here, and I'm very torn on what I think of this game. I played for about an hour and a half, I would say, just to see what I thought, and I legitimately can't decide what I think. It's I think there's fun to be had here, but I think that the more I'm playing it, the more I'm like, this should be a free-to-play title. I played four online matches. Three of them, I didn't even have a full lobby, and this game is a week old. And the lobby is four people. And it's like, there's just not much to do here if you're not playing online. I don't really have an interest in playing a game like this against computers. And then you have like the six Waddle Dees in the front and I'm like, why isn't that six more Kirby's? And why isn't this a 10-player game? There's just a lot of very weird limitations. It does kind of feel like they wanted to capitalize on this, like, 
online multiplayer, free to play. You could make the Fall Guys comparison. I think it's a little closer to some other games. But what's here is like neither of those things. And on its own, I'm not really sure how much it's going to offer me beyond the once the newness wears off. Once I played it for like two days and I'm like, I'm not sure I'm going to return to this. But Chris, I know you had a chance to play it. What do you think of this game? I think it's fun to pop in and play maybe two or three rounds. The problem with this game is that I'm very bad at it. And in order to get good strikers, are you talking about strikers? Strikers, Kirby? What? Uh, No. (laughs) And, And part of the problem is like in order to become better at it, I have to play it more, which is fine. Like Jess and I were playing last night. And like split screen local, I try to do online and it's just like <laughs> that frame rate drops Woof. in the split screen. Woof. Yeah, um, it's real bad um, <laughs> online. Like even just by myself, I kept uh, disconnect, not disconnecting, but it was like unplayable. Like it, it was that laggy for me. I tried probably three or four different matches. I had one good one um, to the point where I was just like, this isn't even this isn't worth my time. Like if I, if I want to at least practice right now, cause I shouldn't be playing online. Um, uh-huh. you know, I'll just do it local. Um, but yeah, like it, I think if it had, you know, similar to fall guys, fall guys is good because it has a mix up of what you're doing, right? Like you have different mini games within that game and you don't know what you're going to expect each time you play it. Whereas this is like, it kind of feels like the same thing every time you do it. It's a little bit different. Like the the stage variation does occur, but um, overall, like when yeah, you're, it's it's race mini game race finale, right? That every time, right? That context. If you haven't played it, it is that every time the races change. I think the races are too long. They're yes. like two minutes a piece. It feels like yeah. Where I I can't help but draw the Fall Guys comparison of which I played that game for over two hundred hours. I love it. The races there are like. 45 seconds you're done you're very bite-sized very snappy you're on to the next thing this is like okay let's do this two minute race and then this like 20 second mini game and then another two yeah it feels very unbalanced in that way yeah um yeah i don't i don't see myself coming back to this a ton the unlockables they're mostly cosmetic the ones that you like the ones that i think matter are cosmetic the other ones like you can decorate your like lobby area, I think is what you can do with it. Yeah, the cake. Yeah, the, the, the cake, the cake on the itself. Left side of the main room. And I'm never going to do that. Like, I'm just not. <laughs> um, so, like, you'll finish a game, and if you level up one or two levels, you just, bang, bang, like, you're constantly getting notifications of, like, you unlock this thing that you don't care about. And I'm like, all right, cool. I wish <laughs> I could turn this thing off and just tell me when I get a cosmetic item. Um, yeah, this should have been this should have been what I said it was going to be, which is a Nintendo Switch Online game. But even at that, yes, like, it if it was going to be a Nintendo Switch Online game, it should have it should run better than it does right now. And I think part of the reason that it isn't is because it doesn't. <laughs> like, it's a yeah, it's not a good fun. example of this service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I played you it played for it about enough? an hour. Yeah, I played it. I, I actually went ahead and bought it like I told you guys I would. I played for an hour, and within that hour, I was like, I think I've done everything this game has to offer. Yeah. And what's and here's why I feel about it. It should have been free. Like, I'm I'm upset I spent $15 on it, but whatever. Like, like, even at that low price point, I'm like, this is this should have been like five. Like, I would have been cool with five. But here, here's my thing where I'm torn on it. The race, I agree, the races are t- the, the matches in general are too long. And like you know, you do the the end the end of the match battle royale, but I feel like it doesn't really matter. Like if you dominated the race, you're not losing at the end. You're just 
You're just not. The strawberry jam, raspberries, whatever you're eating total is just too great to overcome. Like, if you're within, like, 50, maybe. But if a guy has, like, 800 and you're at 300, like, that's it. Like, you're not catching Mm -hmm. up. So I'm like, that feels pointless. But what I really enjoyed is the free roll. I'm like, I felt like there was supposed to be a campaign to this game. Like, I played free roll. I'm like, this is fun, rolling around, exploring. I'm like, if this game had, like, a campaign with puzzles of rolling around different sweet areas, doing these things, battling the environment, and da-da-da, and then there was, like, the, you know, play against people mode, I'd be like, okay, now it's worth it. Because I don't know if you guys gave any time to free roll, but it's kind of fun. Like, there's little things you can explore, uh, ways you could unlock. You can use your powers to actually get to areas you can't if you're just rolling around, basically. I'm like, hey, this is this is kind of fun. I'm having way more fun doing this than playing online. So I'm hoping this game gets updates. Maybe it will get, like, a campaign mode. But if this is all it's ever going to be, then I don't know. This felt like this felt like this should have been tacked on to uh, Kirby's... Um, Kirby and the Forgotten Kirby Land. Forgotten, yeah. I feel like it should have been tacked on to there. And, you know, like, this is the multiplayer component of that game. You know, go in that. I've, I felt like oh, if they did that, great. this would have been great. It sounds like yeah. what you want, Odell, because it's what I want, is a modernized uh, Kirby Tilt and Tumble on the Switch. Let me play Kirby Tilt and Tumble with a Joy-Con <laughs> and just tilt that, you know. Yeah. Or I can play with the, joy- yeah. the joystick. It's fine. I do think there's some good to be found here. I think that a lot of the collectibles are very cute. I very much enjoy, I feel like the Kirby series specifically has very, a lot of fondness for its history. I think in every kind of sub game spinoff you get like this, there's always a lot of references. There's a ton of music to unlock from prior Kirby games that will play. There's a little like forgotten land had this too. There's a little like stand on the left side where it's like, look at Kirby's past adventures. And then it's just like thumbnail icons of every Kirby game, like the last 10 years. I like little things like that when, uh, it's very Smash Bros. like where it kind of turns itself into a mini sort of museum. In this case, like a bake shop of Kirby history where you do unlock these things to put on the cake. I think that's very cute. I think a lot of the costumes are very cute. I like the levels themselves. Like when you're rolling on like the, the, like the egg, the cracked egg, you bounce on the yolk is like the trampoline. Like there's very creative uses in that. It's just like, and obviously Kirby games are generally aimed at a younger audience than us. If I was five years old, I would be playing this and not want to go to soccer practice, right? Like, I think I think it is be very fun for that age group. Uh, but for us, there's not a lot here, which for Kirby and the Forgotten Land, I thought there was a lot for us in that game. That is a great game. But something like this, I agree, would have been great tacked on to Forgotten Land. The online, the online mode is weird. And then it's got that problem that the later Mario movies have, where at the end it's like, oh, you got hit the most times. Here's 40 more strawberries. And I love bonus stars in Mario Party. But I love bonus stars when you know what they are ahead of time and can plan your strategy around what they're going to be, right? Like in Super Mario Party Superstars, you can say, okay, you know it's going to be coins, minigames, and happening spaces. And you can work around that. But then if you pick random stars, it's like, there's nothing I can do here. I've been saying for years that Mario Party should let you pick the three bonus stars ahead of time so you can play like a super fun, messed up version of Mario Party. Like pick you like want most to red land spaces. on the Bowser spaces or whatever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so you like roll a custom dice block. You're like, okay, I got to do it for the bonus star. And like it could make like some really fun competitive games. This game has that same problem where you don't know what the bonuses are at the end. I have been in for, I've played five games online. I've been in first place twice and lost two bonus stars and lost the game. And it's like, well, oh well. And I get that that's Nintendo's way of, 
kind of making it so the best person doesn't win every time. So it's fun for everybody to hop in and play. But I guess for me personally, it's just like that element of randomness at the end. I'm not always super fond of. And then the mini game, the races are too long. It feels like whoever gets first in the race will win because it's like you collect 40 strawberries along the way and then you get 50 at the end. And it's like, yeah, it's basically just whoever gets to the end first. Yeah, because like, it, it, it yeah. goes 50, 20, 10. I'm like, that's that's not that's not like a good yeah. system there. Yeah. Did you guys ever watch The Amazing Race? I've always heard people talk about it. I've never watched it. No. Wait, is that is that where it's like, oh, we're in Paris. What do we do? We're lost. Yes. But we've got this camera crew behind us. Yes. Uh, so yeah. in The Amazing Race... Bear with me here. The the teams will are are basically doing this worldwide scavenger hunt, right? Uh, to get to the end first, to get to the final destination first. And on some episodes, they have to fly to a new destination. And the first flight out of town won't be for the for eight hours. So no matter when you get to the airport, in that eight hour window, every other team's gonna get to the airport. And so it's like, well, why did we do the best here when now we're back on even ground? This game does that. Because it has those like cookie walls that you have to break. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like no matter how far ahead you you get there and it's like, well, time to just bang into this for the next like <laughs> if you're there alone, it takes like ten seconds to break and everyone just catches up with you. Isn't it? So I started to do this. If you have the jelly, you can get underneath it. Isn't that yep. a thing? Yeah, or the okay. drill. Yeah. Or the tornado, you can bust through it fast. But I just really thought I thought of the amazing race yeah. when I was doing that because it's like, well, now we're just back on even ground and oh, there's the finish. No, you got to play blue shell rules in Mario Kart. Oh, crap. I'm in first. Let me back it up. Yeah, you guys get in front of me. I'm going to use this pepper to just burn y'all the second y'all break through the wall and take off. That's 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 the strategy I developed. Mario Kart 8, you can, if the blue's coming, you can drive off the ledge, and then it it slams into you when you're already being carried back by Lakitu, and it's faster to do that than to actually just get hit by the blue shell. Pro tip. Mario Kart 8 strats. Pro tip. Five, eight years after... That game's initial release. <laughs> okay, so that is Kirby's Dream Buffet. It is an okay game that I will probably not play again, that I just played to talk about it here. <laughs> I, I, will t- I will say this. I will give it one compliment. The hour I spent with Kirby Dreams Buffet was better than the hour I spent with Mario Strikers. Take that as you Yikes. <laughs> That's take a take that. if I've heard one. <laughs> I still like Mario. <laughs> I can't. I, I have to disagree with you, Odell. But I respect the opinion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got a few minutes left. Just want to quickly mention something we missed in our Zelda dedicated episode is that Wave Race sixty four is the next Nintendo Switch online expansion pack game. It is available now. Chris, have you tried it out? I haven't. I, your fist. I actually booted it up last night uh, just to listen to the theme song before we called it a night. Uh, if you've never seen it. It or if you've never heard that song, at the very least, Google it because man, it just it slaps. It's so good. Um, <laughs> it's good. Yeah, yeah I grew it's up playing. Game. Oh, it's an incredible game. I grew up playing that with my brothers. Um, when when my one brother Kevin found out uh, it was coming out on Switch, he was like, uh, like, like he I I saw that moment in his brain. Like, do I go buy a Switch to, <laughs> to play Wave Race sixty four? Outstanding. Nice. Okay, and then last thing I want to talk about here. After our Zelda conversation, Chris was inspired, and he is playing The Legend of Zelda, Majora's Mask. What are you playing it on, and what do you think? So I haven't settled (laughs) on a platform. It started with the Steam Deck. Um, I I did a widescreen ROM patch 
to the Steam Deck, and then I uh, okay. I downloaded a uh, HD texture pack, and I was running it on there for a little while. Um, and then I have a living room PC. I've been playing it on there because I can get it up to 4K because <laughs> I'm a monster. And now as I'm, Majora's Mask was meant to be played. Right. And now I'm actually wondering, do I transfer the save over to the N64 with an EverDrive and play it on my uh, HDMI modded N64? <laughs> um, but I have gotten to the um, I finished the, like the swamp temple, the swamp area. Um mm-hmm. And I have the the little girl in the bottle, the 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 Deku princess in a bottle, um, and I'm gonna go save the monkey. Uh, this is this is the exact point where I always stop playing Majora's Mask is after this part. Uh, but I am very excited to continue playing. Normally, I loathe like booting it back up, but um, I see myself continuing onward because I I think I finally get like how you're supposed to play this game, where it's like no, just pick a thing focus on it, get it done, and then start the cycle over. Are you playing with a guide or no? Are you going on your own? Yeah, no guide. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm big. I'm big on no guide. My thing is no guide the first time through beat the game. All right. Now I'll look at a guide and see like cool stuff I possibly missed. Yeah. It's a good way to do it. Yep. Uh, We guided it. We played and got 100% and got to do a lot of stuff. In that game that you would never really figure out yourself. <laughs> That's what I hear. I wanted. I want to get as many masks as I can. I don't know if I'll. Uh, I'll get all of them, but because I don't know how many hours that takes. Quite honestly, I imagine it's a it's long time. Long. Oh really? Nah. I don't. It's like probably if you get every mask, it's probably like a twenty-hour game. Oh, probably. I could do that. Yeah, it's not that bad. Yeah, uh, I had yes. to look up how to get the great deity mask. I won't lie. Yeah, if you want, you need every mask in the game. To be fierce, DD Link. Oh, um, so if you want to be fierce, DD Link, you need every mask before the end of the game. So Thank you for telling me that. Highly recommended. Okay, highly I, recommended. I will do that. that. I will do that. It makes the last boss battle basically just like you're just stunting on it. You're just like you think you're good, majority. <laughs> it, it's one of the few times in a game where you feel so powerful. It's like in lifting. It's like yeah, yes, it is you're worth nothing to me. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. That's our show. Another episode of the Total Boardroom in the Books. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're here every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. You can find Odell on Twitter at Odell Harmon Jr. You can find Chris at Shrives93. You can find myself at Logan J. Plant. You can find the show at Toadstool BR. Email us anything. I still want your Zelda memories. I also would like to talk about those. Toadstoolboardroom at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week. We'll catch you back next time right here in the Toadstool Boardroom. Bye.